Well, good morning, Congresso. Um, can we just have like a, I don't know, a library moment? You guys been to the library before? I don't know if you remember like kindergarten, first grade, pre-K, where you come to the library and you just sit and listen. You probably didn't listen or sit very well. We're going to do it today. This is one of my favorite books. It's a book that I found in the classroom of the lady who would be my mother-in-law. I don't know why I went to her classroom. This was a long time ago. She's a second-grade teacher, and I stumbled across this book in her classroom as my girlfriend then, my wife now, as we were in her classroom. It's called The Tale of the Three Trees, and I want to share it with you this morning. It says this, once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become when they grew up. The first little tree looked up to the stars twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the whole world. The second little tree looked out into a small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I will be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountaintop at all, she said. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed. The rain came. The sun shone. And the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. Dun, 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 right? The first woodcutter looked at the first tree. This tree is beautiful. It's perfect for me. And with the swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, this tree is strong, it is perfect for me. And with the swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. 
She stood straight and tall. She pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter didn't even look up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. And whoop with the swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chest. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry animals. The second tree smiled, smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard, but no mighty sailing ships were made that day. Instead, the once strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. Too small, too weak to sail an ocean or even a river, he was taken to a little lake and every day he brought in loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused. Confused when the woodcutter took her into, or cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was to stay on the mountaintop and point to God. Many days and many nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, golden starlit poured over the first tree. As a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. And the mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlit shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the whole world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded in an old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose and the little tree shuddered. He knew he did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and rain. The tired man awakened. He stood up and he stretched his hands and said, peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it has begun. And suddenly the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree 
was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. She flinched. She was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when the soldiers nailed a man's hand to her. She felt ugly and harsh, and she felt cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun arose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. God's love made the first tree beautiful. God's love made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would absolutely think of God. And that was better than being the tallest tree in the world. I wonder what you want to be when you grow up. I wonder if you've asked that question to yourself or it's been asked to you. I remember when I was your age, actually I was an eighth grader and my grandma in the parking lot of Walmart in her Volkswagen Golf asked me, mijo, what do you wanna be when you grow up? And like the third tree, I stood up, sat up straight and told her, grandma, I'm gonna be in the Air Force, I'm gonna be an Air Force pilot. And I remember she looked at me and began to cry and thought, Mijo, that's too dangerous. And I said, don't worry, Grandma, I'm probably just going to be a pastor instead. <laughs> I was kind of saying it because it was like the cool thing to say, be in the Air Force. But I knew in my heart that one day I wanted to stand as tall as I could to point other people to Jesus like I had been pointed to Jesus. I wonder what you want to do. By coming here, I trust, I hope we have been praying that God would capture your heart. And by capturing your heart, you would leave here with a new sense of purpose, a new call on your life. Not that everyone will be a pastor or youth leader or volunteer, but that each and every one of us has an opportunity as we walk in the light, as we seek to bask in the light, to, to lie in, to sit in, to rest in, to hope in, and bask in the light. That we would leave here with the urgent enthusiasm to take now and share the light. 
All of us have that call. All of us are now responsible to take and to share the light. It was read earlier. I want to read from Philippians 2. I'm going to extend it a little bit, verses 13 through 15. If you have your Bibles, that's where we're going to be. If it's on a mobile device or an actual bound book, or if you're just taking notes, Philippians 2, 13 through 15 says this, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Some translations say, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean now go and do, and by doing you earn salvation. No, it just means what we have learned here, what we now take from here, we, we flex it, we work it, we practice it, that we would grow stronger within our faith, within our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ. Work out, work hard to show the results of your salvation. It says obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Did you hear your voices as you came here up front and the voices from out back to say, um, call me out to the deep waters because the truth is, is the water's deep. For God is working in you. Hear that this morning, friends. Junior hires, high schoolers, college students, adults, moms, dads, volunteers, pastors. That what God through Christ has done to begin a work in you here will be faithful to continue to work even as you leave here. As you celebrate Resurrection Sunday, as you get back to your jobs, in your schools, that God would continue to work as he's promised, to craft and shape and mold us into the people that he's created us and called us to be. For God is working in you. He's giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And do you want to know what pleases him? It's to take and to share the light. To take and to share the light to Decatur, I told you I'd shout you out to Katie, to Athens, to Arlington, where you guys at, to take and to share the light. Paul wraps up this section by saying these words, and this is what was read earlier. Do everything without complaining or arguing. That so defines us as people, doesn't it? Like, I'm really good at complaining and arguing. Paul to the believers in Philippi then and Paul to us today as we leave Congresso, hear these words, do everything without complaining and arguing. Not for just any random sake, but do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Which reminds me of another passage that Paul speaks 
to a young man who speaks to a group of young people. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for all the believers in your life, in your speech, in your purity. Don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. But would you be the leader? Friends, would you get back on your church campus tomorrow? Would you get back home tonight or whenever it is that you get home? And would you be the examples? And hear these last words. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights. Some translations say shining like stars in a world that's full of crooked and perverse people. Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, kind of halfway through as we read it in Matthew chapter five, he says, he says this, um, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be light. You're here to be light in the world. And we already read our theme verse of Illuminate for Congresso 2023 is, I am the light of the world. Trust, hope, believe, bask in me because I'm the light that leads to life. And he doesn't end it there. He then asks you and me to participate with him in being light. That we would shine like stars in a crooked, warped, perverse generation. So shine. Shine. Live a life. Speak in such a way. Act in such a way. Carry yourself in such a way. In your homes, in your neighborhoods, within your community, at your school campuses, at your workplaces, and in your churches. Shine. Be light. This may sound like an awkward statement, but I'm so glad you're leaving. <laughs> Not because I don't like you, but it does us no good to stay here. We must leave because the world around us needs you. And so do whatever it takes. You were the first in here to get these front rows. Be the first out of here to get back to where you need to be so that you can be light. <clears throat> if you're driving a van, just I mean, a little bit over the speed limit so that you can get home safely, but as quickly as possible because they need light. And just like you raced in this room, would you race in your church houses tomorrow to be front row, to be light?
I'm humbled to be a small part of what God is doing because I know that you will be bigger parts to what's next. So as we sing one more time, why wait? Be light. See you.